but I know some people are like, I can't wait for things to go back to normal. And I was like, oh, don't get your hopes up because I don't think <laughs> we're going back to normal. Um, you know, especially and I, people, and when I say that, I don't necessarily mean in like the physical sense of like, um, you know, restaurants being open and beaches being open. Yes, of course, those things are going like that's going to go back to normal. But we've all experienced something so traumatic yeah. that you can't be the same. I mean, I hope people are not the same people that they were when they entered this. I would say that you hit the nail on the head with something that I've been thinking about a lot these last five weeks, a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, the people who are craving normalcy, um, I think it goes back to this lack of certainty. And the only thing they know to be certain is what quote unquote normal was before. Welcome back to part two. So I decided to mix things up and my friend Aaron and I recorded a podcast that was a little over an hour and usually I would just post the entire thing like in its entirety and when we recorded this Aaron and I kind of well Aaron outlined it she did a phenomenal job outlining this um and it was about two separate things so the first part of this podcast that we recorded was about managing fear and anxiety during a global pandemic and the second part was about more managing expectations and reclaiming your power and like what the norm new normal is going to be when this pandemic is over and obviously like two very different i mean similar topics but you might be in people listeners would be in two different headspaces depending on you know who they are and and their circumstances so i decided i wanted to split this particular recording into two episodes so this is part two where we're talking about what the the quote-unquote we use this very loosely in this episode new normal is going to look like and how to really reclaim your power in this situation. Um, so if you haven't listened to part one, I would definitely suggest doing going back and listening to that. It's episode 137. It's the one right before this one on whatever platform you're listening on. Um, and especially if you're having some anxiety or you're kind of stuck in a loop uh, of, of fear. And, and that is, this is not to say that Aaron and I are negated from any of that. I mean, we've all experienced, I think, on some primal level, right, like some anxiety, some fear, because this is such an uncertain, unprecedented (laughs) um, time to be alive. So please definitely go listen to that. And if you are interested in doing a meditation with Erin, it's completely free. She has a uh, meditation that I will link down below specifically for anxiety. And I know that it really helped me. I actually listened to her meditation right before we recorded this episode and I kind of contributed, not kind of, I definitely contributed to 
why I feel like this up these episodes turned out so great was because I felt like I was in just such a clear headspace. So definitely go and check that out. Um, thing, I, I mean, I really enjoyed splitting these up. It was definitely like a bit of a not a challenge in a bad way, but in a good way to kind of extract the value from the conversation and phrase it and and put it into two different episodes. So definitely let me know if you guys want to reach out to me on Instagram at livingbreely or send me an email to info at livingbreely.com and let me know if you guys like these shorter interviews that are like 30 minutes, um, but with the same guest for a week or two weeks in a row, let me know. I'm really curious to hear what you guys think about that. Um, again, all of the links to connect with Erin will be down below her Instagram, her website, and that free meditation. So definitely go and check her out. I am, I think I turned like a really big corner this week. Is that the right phrase? I think it is. Um, with the just everything in general like I feel really great I, it's finally sunny if you're like from southern California or like anywhere that pretty much is sunny 340 days out of the year um when it's like raining for a week straight or it's just overcast and gloomy and rainy for I swear it felt like since the end of February um until the middle of April it's it's hard. It's a rocky place to be. I definitely need sunshine and I need fresh air. So I've been spending a ton of time on my patio and just trying to get off my phone more and just listening to music and reading and getting on a normal sleep schedule. I think my sleep went out the window for the first five weeks of this quarantine. The first two weeks I was on my computer until like one or two in the morning trying to order food and supplies for like me and my grandparents (laughs) so it was in that kind of just you know I don't know if you guys experience this like if you you kind of mess up your sleep schedule like the first night that you just go to bed really late or wake up really early or like you just lack sleep in some way and then if you're not on top of it it just steamrolls until like the later and later and later you go to bed. And especially if you're like me and you like to nap and you nap too long in the middle of the day, then that ruins your sleep. It's like a whole situation. So I finally feel like this week I've kind of gotten on my schedule a little bit more and just really making it a priority. And it's honestly shifting things so much for me. So Definitely, if anything, to focus on, get yourself on a good sleep schedule. Like, no, like you're a baby. <laughs> like how babies need to be on a strict sleep schedule. But you know exactly what I mean. Um, yeah, so I'm going to stop rambling. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Like I said, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at livingbreely or send me an email to info at livingbreely.com or you can reach out to Erin. All of her links are down below definitely jump on that free meditation that she's giving away right now um, because it will definitely help you. And I will talk to you guys next week. All right. Be kind to be well, be grateful. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Um, okay. So the new 
normal. I feel like this is a really big topic and it kind of ties into especially what you were talking about of like this uncertainty of like that's kind of what produces the anxiety is like not knowing what normal is going to be like now or like that certainty of what things are going like what's going to what we're going to come back to when the isolation is lifted quarantine is lifted so i actually had i should have um hold on i i wrote i this came to me during a meditation and i feel like it's so it because i was reading your notes where did i put it um so when it comes to like the normal this is these are the two well one was a statement and one was a question so the first thing that came to me during a meditation is what is it about normal that you miss and the second one was you're not craving normalcy you're craving harmony Mm, those are beautiful I was like impressed with myself when those came through. I was like, that "Whoa, is amazing!" <laughs> that is, you're, yeah, normal. Not craving normalcy or craving harmony. So, so what do you miss about normal? Well, I think when I when that meditation happened was like when was that? I think it was last Wednesday. Uh huh. So now I feel like I'm in a different place. Again, I think it's like, you know, this whole isolation thing, you just kind of have to take it day by day. I actually don't think I miss normal now. Okay. All right. Like that's where I'm at. But I know some people are like, I can't wait for things to go back to normal. And I was like, oh, don't get your hopes up because I don't think (laughs) we're going back to normal. Um, You know, especially and people, and when I say that, I don't necessarily mean in like the physical sense of like, Um, you know, restaurants being open and beaches being open. Yes, of course, those things are going like that's going to go back to normal. But we've all experienced something so traumatic that you can't be the same. I mean, I hope people are not the same people that they were when they entered this. I would say that you hit the nail on the head with something that I've been thinking about a lot these last five weeks, a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, the people who are craving normalcy, um, I think it goes back to this lack of certainty. And the only thing they know to be certain is what quote unquote normal was before. And at the same time, we're, we're at a point, you know, there's those moments in your life that are before that moment and after that moment, like Mm -hmm. when you started your business or you meet your soulmate or, you you know, you have a personal breakthrough or something like that. And there's before and after right now, we're having a universal moment together where it's, there is before and there is after. And there are some people who are not going to take this moment to to shed what is no longer serving them. And that's okay. That there's, there's plenty of people who are not ready or interested in, in doing some of the work that, that entails uh, going through an evolution during a trauma, mm-hmm. right? Because a trauma invites us to, to grow 
and to go through a threshold that is painful. It's not necessarily easy. So when I've been expressing this message on my social media or through my email, it hasn't always fallen on welcome or like uh, enthusiastic ears. But I'm really passionate about this idea about about looking at the old normal and using this time to not sit there and and wait for a declaration from the powers that be on high of what the new normal is going to be. You're right. The restaurants are going to open and this and that. All of those things are going to happen, but there's also going to be these more subtle shifts too. I think there's going to be more homeschooling. I think there's going to be people who, you know, like I planted a vegetable garden yesterday. I think there's going to be some more basic like salt of the earth back to basics because we're not, we've been forced to be detached from all those distractions that we spoke about earlier, like the stuff, the stuff, all the stuff, all the time. Right. Right. And, um, and what I really want to invite people to do is define their own personal new normal. We have been taught and trained our entire life to listen to the adult, listen to the teacher, listen to um, any authority, authority figure <laughs> to feed us the script, what we should do. And in some of, in some instances, that's okay. And that's, useful and it's appropriate. For instance, right now it's appropriate for all of us to practice social distancing and quarantining. There's no doubt about that. Um, And at the same time, what are the things that before, if you can remember to before the coronavirus, that you were kind of wishing would change? You know, like that, that day, like when, if you've been hoping for someday, someday for something to change, or you're one of those um, kind of outcast fish out of water souls who are my people, and you've just been hoping for, or like longing for a world where maybe it made more sense to you, where there was more flow for you instead of feeling like an outcast and you're like struggling to like click into the way things quote unquote should be, this is it. This is the time to reset. But, but during this time, in order to do this successfully for yourself, you have to take the authority back to yourself. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, you have to go back. Like when the fear comes up, definitely give yourself the moment to have the moment. But when I was saying earlier, to look at the negative emotions that are coming up um, and what gets to heal, shift, release, or resolve. Those are the keys right there to doing the work to become fully integrated and healed so that you can become your own authority. Because if you hear one thing in these two parts and really, really let this be with you, you are so much more powerful than you know. You are so much more powerful than you know. And it's a matter of removing the distractions and the limitations that other people have put on you and coming back to who you really are. And that's the gift of this whole thing. Like you were saying, coming back to the gift of who you are, like 
you, you love baking and you're having a lot of fun sharing that with your audience and your audience is connecting with you in an authentic way. How beautiful is that? Right. And because of that, we all need to run our businesses and make money and pay bills when they're ready. They're going to, to purchase from you or learn from you um, when they're ready for that kind of learning because they know who you are at the core. Right. And I've always said that, I mean, about selling, I think people buy from people. They don't buy from the name of a company or a business um, at the end of the day. But I, I think that's so true. Just about, I think this is going to, I hope people are using this time. Oops. Um, using this time, not just, I mean, again, if you, if all you can do right now is watch Netflix and eat popcorn, then that's like what your soul truly needs, um, to heal, to rest, to relax, to recalibrate. But I also think that a lot of people might be utilizing this time to, shed just like certain layers about themselves that just didn't that weren't working in the world before and maybe it was like they were running around doing all of these errands because they felt that that was how they held it together and that you know they felt all this pressure and now that they're not able to do those things maybe they're finding other ways to make themselves feel complete or feel whole and it's not picking up dry cleaning and (laughs) dropping things off and all of that. Um, But yeah, I think, I think the new quote normal, I hope for a lot of people is, and this has always been my main message is like, do whatever feels best for you. Obviously like within reason, (laughs) like, you know, I'm not saying go do drugs and kill people, but like do whatever works for you. Like that's always my message because what works for me might not work for you. What works for Aaron might not work for me. Like there is, again, I think it all goes back to like reclaiming that power. Absolutely. The reclaiming the power and also what, there is something to be said for doing what feels good for you. And sometimes in the moment, doing the thing that is best for you isn't necessarily going to feel good. So going back to the fear and the anxiety, sitting with it and not emotionally bypassing in that moment, it's not going to feel good. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's actually where drugs and alcohol come in because if, if someone's experienced like say a trauma at a young age and they haven't been able to properly heal and integrate and process all of that, they get into an older age and it's just too painful. It's like, well, of course, alcohol is a really great fix for that. Um, but so, so I just want to make that distinction that it's not always going to feel good in the moment, but the kind of feel good, not in the way that we've been sold in the instant gratification kind of world, mm-hmm. it, the kind of good that feels good when after you've done it, like doing that five minutes of yoga or a five minute meditation, you know that it's working towards something of a higher service to mm-hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. That was the part that I think I was missing. And it's so funny because I feel like this message always comes up for me and in a different way where it's like when you ask for the truth, when you're like want the truth about something and you're like, oh, the, you know, being tr- um, wanting the truth or learning the truth or hearing the truth, like 
you want that. You want to, it's supposed to feel good, but sometimes the truth hurts. <laughs> like some, I mean, not to be cliche, but sometimes it's like, you're like, well, I thought I was supposed to feel good. And you hear your, that truth about yourself or about someone you care about. And you're like, well, this was not what I was expecting. Um, but at the end of the day, like in that moment, it might be painful, but then you'll get to the other, the other side of it and you're like, okay, now I understand why I needed that moment of truth at that particular time because it got me here. Right. It's, it's like going to the gym, you know, you may mm-hmm. not want to <laughs> do all those lunges, but you know, when you're walking out of the gym, when we can go back to gyms, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> walking out of the gym that that you did the right thing. You did the right thing. So there's something like, so the negative ego will want you to do something that feels good, like um, drinking for the sake of numbing out an emotion that you're not quite ready to deal with. And then there's the feeling good of sitting down and maybe maybe it is really uncomfortable. The truth, The truth most certainly does hurt. I mean, I, my husband and I had a heart to heart and it's so easy for me to just run around thinking like, Oh my God, I'm so good at communicating and I'm so good at being an integrity and (laughs) you know, like look at me, I'm so good at it all the time. And I stepped out, like I made mistakes because I'm human and you know, my husband sat down and he wasn't like, uh, inappropriate about it, but he reflected the truth back to me. And it was an opportunity to reflect on some of the decisions that I've made and that would lead to a mistake. And what am, what am I avoiding? What am I looking at? Where am I not in integrity? It did not feel good in the moment, but having that honest, uh, authentic interaction with my husband not only helped me grow, but it added honesty and connection to the marriage. It didn't feel good. (laughs) Right. And I think maybe that's, I mean, unfortunately, I do think, you know, a lot of people are struggling with certain, if they're quarantined with certain family members or just like their family in general, like they're probably seeing like the differences in how they interact. Like I, even for me, like my dad is with me during this quarantine and a simple, and this like, it will be burned in my memory forever of like, I pride myself of being a good communicator too. I'm like, I'm very direct. Like I'm kind of a little bit assertive sometimes. Like, you know, I think I'm very like just straightforward when it comes to communication and I was doing something and I was like, Oh, can you put, can you help me do the dishes and you can put the silverware in the dishwasher? Like, don't worry about it. And so my dad literally only put the silverware in the dishwasher and didn't do any of the other dishes. And in my head, I'm like, what the hell? Why would he only put the silverware in the dishwasher when I clearly asked him to help me do the dishes? But like the way that I was communicating with him, it like wasn't registering. And it's not that it was a fault of his own or of either one of us. It was just the way that I had communicated the message was like, completely different than what he needed what was like receptive to him (laughs) and that's like the most simple example I'm like this is why there's war in the world is because (laughs) 
of communication problems. <laughs> All from them just putting silverware in the dishwasher. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And having that kind of honesty with yourself is actually really it's a gift, like having that uncomfortable look at yourself. So if it like if you can think back to before coronavirus and there was something that you wanted to change there was something you were desiring like someday I'll go do this or someday my relationship will be like that or so you know all of those things that maybe you were wishing or like if only other things were like that that's all an indication of looking for something outside of you to change when really the change needs to happen within you and this whole situation that we're in right now the, the fear and anxiety coming up around this situation on the surface is about the coronavirus. But mm -hmm. if you start peeling the layers back, it's about something deeper. And for most of us, when we drill down, it's about something around mortality, right? Like that's what we're looking at, mortality and basically existential uh, truths for ourselves. So if you do the honest work and start looking, at it and little things will start popping up around um, oh I believed that I was a really good communicator I'm starting to see there's room to improve these are the little things that we can start to notice when we're deciding to define our own new normal deciding that we're willing to take the responsibility and grant ourselves the authority the authority the self-authoring of the new normal does require ultimate responsibility of self. It's not the, it's not the government's fault. It's not the virus's fault. It's not um, our spouse's fault or our dad's fault. Like, it's funny that you say the dishwasher because my husband's home a little bit more now. And there's been times where I've looked in the dishwasher and just thought like, how could anyone <laughs> handle this situation? Like, it's not about it. It's about control. It's yeah. About being right. It's, you know, and you drill down more and more and more. So you look at this. Yes. Uh, the, the coronavirus is simply the trigger for all of the things that get to heal at a deeper level so that we can ultimately be responsible and come out of this with a much more beautiful reality than what we were willing to create for ourselves before all of this happened. I like wish I could say that better <laughs> than you just did because it's so true. I think, I mean, for me, like I, I've had that thought. I'm like, okay, if like the coronavirus, well, first of all, and this is not a funny joke, but it's kind of, you know, I'm kind of into that morbid um, humor. Like there's been moments where I look at my dad, I'm like, if this coronavirus doesn't take you out, I will do it myself. <laughs> like, we, we have all, I think, like, reached that point with the people that we're quarantined with. Uh -huh. I mean, to bring it back to this, like, existential thing, like, where we're talking about mortality. Like, I've had that thought. I'm like, okay, if I, if the, this virus is what takes me, I would be so pissed because there's so many things that I still want to do. Like, mm -hmm. I don't feel like, and I think that for me, that's the scary thing. It's like, there's so many things left for me that I want to experience, that I want to accomplish, that I want to, you know, get done and, and just 
there's still, I feel like so much life left in me that I'm like, I'm like, I'm not freaking ready to go, <laughs> you know? Um, and to me, that's the scary part. Like that's where that, all that fear lies, you know, it's not really with like, okay, the virus, the government, whatever, like the economy, it's going to fall. It's going to go back up. Like this is just the ebb and flow of life. But when you think of that, like, I think as humans, and especially I think with just where our world is and just how we have so many distractions, there's this level of impermanence that we feel that like, oh, we're not, it's not going to end for us. And it's like, unless you've had some traumatic shit happen in your life or like you've gone through health scares, like you don't normally live with this idea of like, well, I, I'm going to die one day. It's not a constant reminder. And I think this virus is like throwing that in our face right now of like, everyone's going to die at some point, whether it's from this virus or from something else. And I think that's a, a huge trigger of fear for people. And that's where it actually is in another way, another tool. So going back to part one, where you talk, where you were talking about it being like pulling teeth to do the self-care things and the, um, the, um, using the emotional tools that we were talking about in part one, if any of the listeners can relate to that, start tapping into that feeling like if, if this were the thing to take me out, would I be content with the way I've been living my life? Would I have done everything that I wanted to do in the deepest like corners of my heart? And if it's hard to tap into that, and if it's difficult to look at what it is that you want to do, because there's an inner like monologue coming up, but you're like, yeah, but you can't do that. Yeah, but it's stupid. Yeah, it's impossible. It's too difficult. All, all of those things that are coming up, that's another indication of what gets to heal, shift, release, or resolve those beliefs that are no longer serving you. And then use that, maybe use that anger to transform transform you into taking those little steps, either self-care or doing one little thing to educate yourself on how to get started on something you've always desired to do, but you've been putting to the side because um, of, of the limitations that we're trying to buy into. Right. Well, I think that's why I, when I, I mean, the spirituality right now is such a big topic for so many people, but I do think that businesses, like online businesses especially, there will come a point where that is everyone's, I don't say everyone, but a lot of people are going to realize like, oh, I've always wanted to start this business, but I never did because I felt like I didn't have the time or I didn't have the resources or like blah, 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 like all of the excuses that we tell ourselves before we like do something really big. Um, I think that this virus is going to strip away a lot of those excuses for people. Yes. Yes. And, and when all of those excuses are stripped away, this goes back to like, why is so much fear and anxiety coming up? Because you're just, you're there with the most harsh mirror of the things that you've been avoiding your entire life. And it's okay. It's okay. Like breathe, meditate, don't force yourself to be in that space of confronting it all the time. But no, also if the idea of becoming really responsible and self-authoring like a new reality for yourself, of creating a new normal for yourself, understand that it's not always going to feel good. I work specifically with artists and creatives, so people who are typically um, visionaries. 
visionaries, but also quote unquote, following their passion. And they get confused because if they start to follow their passion and then it doesn't feel good at some point, it's disorienting because that's my passion. It should be fun all the time. No, 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 no. (laughs) It's work. It takes work and it it takes um, discipline and flexing new muscles for sure. So I, you know, I, I'm really passionate about this opportunity that we all have to look at these things. Like, what is it that we're really doing? Where are we playing small? Where are we hiding from ourselves and the people who frankly need us in their lives? Where, where are we doing that? And it's kind of painful, but if you can move past it and come up with some of the learnings that you can get from all of that reality and just start taking one tiny right action every day and following that thread, you're going to come out of it um, in a much better spot. And I also want to acknowledge like creating a new normal, how we were saying in the last part that there's, there's these messages of like, go do all of these like amazing high achievement things. Creating a new normal as a headline is grandiose and visionary unto itself, but I want to make it clear that creating a new normal is actually composed of lots of quiet moments of coming Mm -hmm. to, to the altar of your truth. It's not always Instagrammable. It's not always a blog post worthy. It's a lot of quiet moments of just saying, yes, I will keep doing this. Yes, I will keep doing this. I love that. And I think there's actually, a I don't even know if this relates, but for some reason this popped in my head right now when you're saying that of just a lot of quiet moments is I actually had, so yesterday when we're recording this, the day before, the day before this day was my birthday and I got a text message from someone I went to high school with. And like, we were pretty close in high school, but like most high school friendships, like you kind of just drift apart and I've deleted like my old Facebook, my old Instagram. So it's really just geared towards like business stuff and like obviously like new friendships that I've created when I started my blog and my business. And so like I'm not really connected to this like older, older, I don't want to say older, but obviously younger part of myself. Um, and so when she texted me happy birthday, like at I was like, I felt like this old version of myself would have been like, she asked me how I was doing and an old version of myself like would want to be like, oh, I've started a business and I started a blog and I have a podcast and I'm doing all these great, amazing things. (laughs) And like, you know, getting into that, like project, like that just ego. And I felt no desire like no desire at all to just to like explain what I was doing or like how I was doing. And I, you know, just sent her and it's not that I, it was anything against her. Like this was definitely like a me thing. Um, cause she's really nice, but I was like, I just didn't feel that that wasn't normal to me anymore to be mm-hmm. how that, what to be, how I used to be. Um, and so the conversation was just very like small talk, you know, and, and again, nothing against her. I don't know if she's listening, but I just, I don't know if she was maybe like fishing for like, oh, what have you been up to? That kind of thing. But I just, anytime that would kind of come up, like I just wouldn't 
feed into that because I was just like, I don't need to explain who I am to people anymore. Like, I don't feel like I need to project this like superstar image to people anymore. Right. And that's growth right there. That's growth. It means that needs that were previously being met by a certain kind of ego-driven behavior are now being met by like an inner knowing as opposed to an outer confirmation. Mm, Interesting. Maybe that's part of my new normal. I don't know. But that just kind of like struck me yesterday. Um, And I didn't even respond right away. Like she texted me in the morning And I kind of like sat on it and then I just got busy throughout the day and just was, you know, messaging other people. And then I was like, and I kind of had it in the back of my head of like, how do I want to respond to this? And it just like took me like 30 seconds to just send the text. And I was like, you know, put it out in the universe and like whatever happens, happens. But yeah, I just, I think that those to me, exactly what you're saying, like to me that showed like growth and who I am as a person. And I think my self-adequacy, like my ability of, you know, just kind of navigating through this whole situation and just life in general. So I hope other people have those moments too of like realizing that they don't have to like, like, and I think this ties into what we were talking about in the last episode too of like, of not emotionally bypassing certain things and not always, you know, saying like, oh, I have to pull, I have to push forward. I have to like put on a happy face and smile and dance around. Like you're not a show pony, you know? By the way, I want to point out that this is the fun part of all the work where you're all <laughs> of a sudden, because I know that I've been like, really like, you, you, like it's not always going to feel good, but this is the fun part of whatever, whatever you've been doing for your self-development development at some point led you to this place where you have enough peace and knowing inside of yourself that you don't have to show pony for someone for the sake of you know feeling good because you already have an inner knowing to yourself so I want to reiterate to listeners who are like oh god this all sounds awful (laughs) (laughs) what you just said those quiet moments of peace of that's the payoff of being able Mm. to be in the moment of knowing that everything is okay as is so you know that moment of like you know when um i was i had an afternoon to myself and i actually took it off of work yesterday and then had like a little panic moment of like did i do enough no, like the thought, did I do enough is attached to a belief that Mm -hmm. I'm not enough as is. Now that doesn't mean to say like, screw off on my business for, you know, the next five weeks. That's not what it means. It means that it was okay. Like there, the idea that I need to be out there 24 seven to prove something. No, 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 no. That's what causes the discontent for you to be able to be like, Oh, like, I'm, I'm good. Thank you for the birthday text. That's, that's it. That is the thing on the other side. So all the worry, all the posturing, all of the idea of um, failing because uh, business, you know, one of your launches didn't go well, all of that, it melts away because you see that it's going to be all right and you just keep going and you become more integrated and you become more the authority of yourself. 
Right. So. Yeah. And I mean, that's not, and, and also just to circle back to people listening, like just because I didn't feel like that need to be a show pony doesn't mean, that, especially around my birthday, I always get kind of weird because I'm like, oh my God, I like, there's still things I want to do. And like, I didn't accomplish this and I'm still in this certain situation. Like there's still like, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I want more podcast listeners. I want, you know, to write more blog posts and I want more of this and more and more and more and more. But like at the end, it's okay to want more and to want abundance in certain areas of your life. But it also is a weird, again, paradox of being okay with where you're at right now and knowing that those things are coming. And so when I was thinking about this text and sending it back and reading and just reading her text too, I was like, I think a part of me, because I would have focused on that lack of like wanting more podcast listeners, wanting more of this, wanting more and more and more, I would have been that show pony. I would have been like, I'm doing this podcast and it's doing amazing and blah, blah, blah. just because I would be so focused on the lack, but because I was so, I think going, you know, it's being present also and just realizing like, okay, I'm going to get there eventually, but like where I'm at right now, it's good. I'm all Gucci, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and everything will happen that I want to happen in the right time. And if it doesn't, it just means that something better is coming along. So that means the faith is stronger than the fear, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. like a beautiful sur- full circle moment. Like when we talked about dealing with fear and uncertainty, um, um, like the fact that you are in faith about the future and it brings you this, this piece, like, I think that is a really, really profound point. And again, it's a quiet moment. It's not bombastic. It's not cinematic. It's just a quiet decision around a text message. Yeah. yeah. There's no Rocky montage coming, folks. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, the self-development like montage would be horrific. It would- <laughs> lot of crying and some ice cream and the grand finale is like a really chill text yeah it's like the most like anti-climatic movie (laughs) that's like four hours long (laughs) but like takes place over like the span of like 15 years like it'd be awful actually someone I'm pretty sure there's like some director out there right now like gearing up for this like there's gonna be something like that probably in the future it's gonna get no recognition whatsoever but I have a feeling it's gonna come out (laughs) I bet you're right and I can't wait to see it (laughs) well thank you so much for being here I think this was such a good podcast and I hope that it has really helped a lot of people is there anything else that you want to say or end this on I think I think, again, to really sum it up, because I know I was like, we, we covered like a wide variety of things, like give yourself the permission to have the moments. And also remember that, that any negative emotion is actually a tool. It's here to help you. And it doesn't mean it's going to feel good but it's going to feel a lot better than carrying it around as like secret shadow baggage, right? Mm -hmm. Like the psychology talks about the shadow. So if you sit there with the negative emotion and let it, let it teach you what it needs to teach you, you're going to be clearer, lighter, freer, 
to go forward and do this thing that we were talking about and creating that new normal for yourself. And if at any time you're feeling, um, you're feeling unmotivated or like it's impossible, get down the brass tacks, let it get existential, let the question of mortality come in and say, if this were the thing to take me out, would I know with all truth and honesty that I played full out in the way that I want to play full out and stay, you know, like great if social media is helping you and everything great. And at the same time, know that your full out is going to be different than other people's full out. And also it's mm-hmm. going to change from moment to moment. So hopefully, hopefully that would be the way that I'd summarize it. And I just, I wish everyone so much safety and health and um faith (laughs) faith faith moving forward this is a weird moment and i i'm grateful for everyone who's doing the work and doing the reset because this is the people who are doing the work this is going to reset future generations even that quiet text is a huge indicator for future generations. I want people to understand how powerful they are, even in the quietest of moments. And I'm sure for you as a mother, this is like, I think hopefully giving you a lot of hope for what's to come. It's it's a very interesting, I, I don't know what is to come specifically. I'm doing my part to show people that if they wake up to their own healing and their own power, this place will be a beautiful, beautiful place for our children and our grandchildren and great grandchildren. Um, For me, it's, it's called out in me, like, what am I willing to do for my family? And it's play all out. I've had to take a long, hard look at the stories that I've been running that enabled me to stay small and all of that stuff. So it's been, um, yeah, Jude, he's great. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again. So I'm going to leave all of Erin's links down below. So she has a free um, meditation specifically around fear and releasing fear and anxiety um, and cr- connecting with creativity. And then she also has a Facebook community. So I'll leave that down below as well. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Bree. I'm happy to be back. Thank you for having me again. Yeah, of course.